Welcome to NFL Live, presented by BetMGM. Wednesday's the day the NFL speaks. We'll bring you the latest from across the league as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid took the podium for the Chiefs. The latest on Travis Kelsey's stats is coming your way. Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, you see him there. Bill Belichick and Tua Tungabailoa all speaking to the media. And we'll hear it all this hour as we welcome you into the show. So glad to have you with us today. Dan Orlovsky is here. Andrew Hawkins is here. Marcus Spears and Adam Schefter as well. You guys, we have a lot to get to. What up, Greg? What happened to the wave? Go. What's happening, man? I'd be shocked if he's if this is the way he's going to go out. But uh, but at the same time, for him, uh, he's got he's working through a whole lot of headspace uh, things that he needs to deal with, and uh, that will be the last thing I talk to him about. I think he's getting some uh, uh, not to speak for him, but uh, some consultations trying to figure out what the next best move is. But his presence, his words, his verbs, like I've said, he's 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 as much a football coach as he is a uh, player and. Um, just having his presence, his thoughts, his uh, his words, and his and his leadership is, uh, I think, anybody would would want that. Interesting. Time for some top stories with Adam Schefter. Adam, let's start there with the Jets. Any sign of them adding a quarterback this week? Not yet, Laura. And the sign is that they want to go with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. He's the guy. And right now they're slow playing, bringing in another quarterback. And even when they do, it's just another quarterback for the room. It's not a quarterback to start. Zach Wilson is the quarterback you're leaning on. It's Zach Wilson or bust. Meanwhile, Austin Echo, the Chargers running back, is not practicing today due to an ankle injury. A short time ago, the Chargers signed Jarrett Patterson, a running back to their practice squad. An idea, an indication that maybe it's going to be tough for Austin Eckler to fight through this ankle injury this week to play this upcoming Sunday. We'll see whether or not he can go. And meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey was back at practice today, was spotted running around, jumping, doing Travis Kelsey type things. So on the basis of him returning today, that would tell you that he's tracking to be able to play on Sunday at Jacksonville against the Jaguars in a game that the 0-1 Kansas City Chiefs really would like to have, Laura. Yeah, that uh, hyperextended knee causing the bone bruise for Travis Kelsey. We'll keep an eye on that. Adam Schefter with us all show long. And speaking of those Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid talked today about the Chiefs' offensive struggles. Reid addressed fixing the drops by wide receivers. Best way to get rid of that is to go out and practice and, and then get back in the game and do better. So I think he, I'm not worried about him there. Um, he's a competitive kid and a heck of a player. I think guys are ready to go. I mean, uh, we didn't like how we played this last Thursday. Um, and so I think guys are ready to get out there and kind of prove the, to everybody, even ourselves, who we really are. Kelsey's absence was certainly felt in week one, especially in the second half when the Chiefs went 0 for 7 on third down, their worst mark in any game since Patrick Mahomes wow. took over as the starter back in 2018. The Chiefs dropped four passes, three of which went through the hands of Kadarius Tony. Unfortunate for Tony and unfortunate for the Chiefs thinking that Tony was going to be that guy, especially in Kelsey's absence. I hate to make it this simple, Hawk, but if Kelsey is back, does that just fix the Chiefs' offensive struggles? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it, it does fix the struggles because what Kelsey gives them 
is an absolute. It does not matter how talented you are at quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. He cannot outplay ineffective wide receivers. Kelsey gives them an aspect of the offense that they can rely on. That even if he's not the target, if he's not getting the ball, he's the part of the offense that defense is coming to the game having to take away. So now Mahomes can look and say, okay, well, if they do this, then I do that. They did not have that yeah. a week ago when they, they left out by. I don't know if it fixes the issues because yeah. the drops are still there from week one, and that's all we know about this wide receiver group. That's all we know. And it'll be interesting to see Patrick's going to start with Kelsey. Right, rightfully so. Almost every single play for them should be like, where's Travis? Is it one-on-one? -on -one? What's interesting to me is – Two things. One, does he go to those guys that had those drops, Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Toney or Sky Moore, and does he go to them early, and if they drop it, what happens next? Like, if, if he goes to Kadarius Toney and there's another drop, or Rasheed Rice and there's well, another drop, I, I Patrick will go to those guys. He yeah. will make the right decision. Damn what Ice is out. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said Patrick. It's going to be because until one of these guys steps forward and is that number two, yeah. That yeah. outside of MVS, the question is going to loom. And so if he goes to one of those guys and the completion is dropped, does he start to then sprinkle away and be like, I'm forcing it to Travis, maybe I go create? Mm -hmm. Or does he just pass up those guys, pass up an open person because of what happened in week one? I think that's the extreme. I do think kind of he's going mm -hmm. to play it the way that I expected to. But just th until the question gets answered, that, that is going to be an unknown about this football team. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hawk can speak to this better than we can, but I think the drops were just an anomaly, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I refuse to believe that you put in all of that time and you're drafted to be a wide receiver and this is going to continue. Now, if these guys got the yips, they're going to get Wally Pip, bro, and they're going to find somebody else that's going to catch the ball opposite of MVS and obviously Travis Kelsey coming back. I would like to believe yeah. that there is a there is a something that Patrick Mahomes has done during this week of practice, knowing that these guys got more, and obviously Kadarius Tony is going into a game knowing what transpired the last time they were out playing a real game and enforcing and instilling that confidence back in those guys. I think the lack of confidence for those young players carried over through more receptions and more more drops. I do not expect to see that this week with the Kansas City Chiefs. I completely agree. And Kadarius Tony, this is a guy we've seen make a lot of plays. And what happens in those scenarios is Travis Kelsey goes out and now there's more pressure on you. So you get within yes. your own head and you start to play uncharacteristic of yourself. That's why Kelsey being back in this offense is such mm -hmm. a big deal because he's going to make his plays. And all these guys have to do is make it when their number is called. It's the same we saw with Juju and the same we saw with a number of receivers that have yeah. come through Kansas City and still been effective. Yeah, I mean, honestly, watching the game, like, I have no dog in the fight. I feel for, for Kadarius Tony. Like, you watch something like that yeah. and you're like, oh, man. Um, so hopefully he fixes it, gets it fixed. Um, one more thing you guys have to hear from Mahomes on Andy Reid. This happened today. Listen. I try to keep keep the nuggies um, and keep my cheeseburgers away from Coach. Commercial yet? <laughs> Dan's asking me if I've seen have the commercial. Seen commercial yet? I have. It's the best funny. commercial. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. so good. It's amazing. It's, the commercial is so good, man. <laughs> yeah. Those two together yeah. um, are hilarious. I, I don't know if there's many that are that different, like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the <laughs> juxtaposition. My only request together. is save being at the line of scrimmage and saying nuggies, nuggies. For primetime television. <laughs> Don't do, do it you, on a Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, do you? Are you a nuggy guy? I, I love nuggets, like but usually you strike me as a nuggy guy. The grilled nuggets. Grilled, grilled nuggies? Like, grilled nuggies. Yeah. Hey, let's move on.
Let's move on, y'all. What? But why? Because he's on. getting embarrassed and crazy. you don't want that? <laughs> nope, I just want to move on. <laughs> okay, fine, swag. <laughs> We're just getting started here on NFL Live. We're going to go to commercial break. Nope. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are set to kick off week two against the Vikings. Here's the under-the-radar matchup that Marcus thinks could decide this one. Plus, there have been a lot of confusing moments around the league. That might have been one of them, too, over the past few days. But we're going to try to clear some things up coming up. It's frustrating because I called the elves and we just lost to some elves, so I'm pissed on my part. NFL Live is presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I can't deal with you guys already today. Nah. No. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back to NFL Live, presented by BetMGM. Next week, we have two Monday Night Football matchups. Derek Carr leads the Saints against number one overall pick Bryce Young and the Panthers. A special start time of 7 Eastern. Dan and I on the call for that game with Chris Fowler and Lewis Riddick, ESPN and ESPN Deportes. And Nick Chubb and the Browns take on T.J. Watt, the rival Steelers, at 8 Eastern on ABC and ESPN Plus with Joe and Troy and Lisa. All right, new on NFL Live, here's Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow today. You know that what we put on film on Sunday isn't isn't us. Uh, we've we've proven that in the past, uh, so we got to go out and prove it again. Each each season is is new. We're not relying on anything we've done in the past. You just have to push forward. And right now, uh, where we're where we're at after Sunday, we we didn't play very well, and we didn't prove that we were that explosive team. So we got to go out and prove it this week. I mean, Burrow's gonna be fine, right? Burrow's going to be more than fine. Of Thank all the you. teams that struggled in week one, I had the most confidence in Joe Burrow, in the Bengals' offense, because they've done this before. Every season, Joe Burrow seems to start slow. Even in <laughs> games, their offense starts slow, but he always gets it going. He's one of the best quarterbacks at making corrections in the league. Mm. I thought you were going to – oh, you're saying something? 
No, 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 I agree with him. I think their offensive line needs to play better, and I think they got to win on the outside. Surprisingly, they did not versus Cleveland. Oh, second. No, yeah. they did not. I do think maybe the Browns' defense overall is better than we totally. thought, and, and we had high expectations. But All right, week two starts tomorrow with the Eagles and Vikings facing football. off Thursday night football. The Eagles barely got past the Patriots week one. Injuries starting to pile up a little bit in Philly, so let's bring Adam Schefter back in here. Adam, what more can you tell us about the Eagles? Well, Laura, they're going to be without running back Kenneth Gainwell tomorrow night. He's already been ruled out due to a rib injury they sustained Sunday against the New England Patriots. And that will leave the Eagles' backfield with a combination of Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, who was not active on Sunday against the Patriots. So now they'll lean on those particular running backs with Gainwell out tomorrow night. They also ruled out their cornerback, James Bradbury, due to a concussion, not ideal, going against a Minnesota Vikings wide receiver core that includes Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne, but that'll be the reality tomorrow. But Minnesota has some injury issues of its own. Its center, Garrett Bradbury, ruled out, and it's not certain that its offensive tackle, Christian Darrisaw, will be able to play. He's questionable, but I have a feeling he might not be able to go. Man, that quick turnaround, too, with the week two coming up that quickly. Thanks to Adam Moore from you coming. And this Eagles offense, back to the Eagles, struggled in their first game under their new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. Philly only had one offensive touchdown, tied for their fewest in any game, started by Jalen Hurts. They were held to 251 yards, their fewest since week six of the 2021 season. There were also four straight drives in the first half in which the Eagles went three and out. One thing I want to point out quickly here is that Bill Belichick was game planning on the other side and he also had time because it was the first game of the season. He's dangerous in those Scenarios. But, Hawk, what were the biggest issues for this Eagles offense against the Patriots defense? The Eagles offense, they were too conservative. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked unimaginative. And also, they were predictable in a lot of ways. They have to push the ball down the field more. Now, look, sure. it, it was bad weather. Absolutely. Yes, this is a new play call, and they're learning that. That is also true on the other side of the ball. And I think they did that well. A year ago, this was the most one of the most dynamic offenses in the league because of the weapons they have on the outside. And for a lot of reasons, they didn't go down. And when they did push down the field, it felt forced. So that's mm -hmm. some of the play calling. That's some of Jalen Hurts taking some, some, some bigger chances, yeah. as well as protecting them a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting, the protection part. I, I haven't seen both Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata, their tackles, been beat, be beat like they were against mm -hmm. New England on Sunday, maybe ever. It'll be interesting for me watching this game how kind of this offense handles the Vikings simulated pressure. I, I know the Vikings lost last week, but their simulated pressure package wreaked havoc early on for Tampa Bay's offense. The way that they would bring six or seven, maybe eight guys up to the line of scrimmage and you'd go, okay, who's the pressure guy? Who's not the pressure guy? And kind of playing under duress for more often than not with a, a Tampa Bay offense. So the challenge, and this was a team to Hawks point, you know, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts last week against pressure was one for nine for mm. six yards and a pick. Woo, that's mm. terrible. You know, and, and if I know the Vikings lost, I was actually really encouraged and, and relatively impressed with their defense and the way they played. Yeah. If I was the Vikings, I would be sitting here saying, we're going to throw you a lot of these simulated pressures when we put all those bodies at the line of scrimmage. Only four guys rush, and you're trying to figure out where the pressure is coming from, who's the one-on-one, -on -one, and what's the coverage. Uh, look, I, I'm supposed to go another direction. Susan, don't kill me. Susan is our producer, y'all. <laughs> Listen, I, I am Sorry, not <laughs> concerned about the Philadelphia Eagles. 
I watched mm. that game. I want to give, like Hawk alluded to, Bill Belichick and the Patriots defense some credit. Mm -hmm. Like they, one, they are a physical football team. They got in a bare front, Dan, and you know sometimes that screws up your uh, blocking scheme, yep. especially on those RPOs because it takes your reads away. Now other teams will try to simulate that, but I saw plays. If you want to be concerned about anything about the Eagles, the missed opportunities. Jalen mm -hmm. fumbles on a on a play that they could close the game out probably at the end of the game. You think about some of those runs that that they had and it looked clean. And the New England Patriots back in and linebackers just made great tackles and great plays. I am not concerned at the least bit about the Philadelphia Eagles, especially playing against that defense who schemes up better than anybody. Yeah, and before you put any blame on the relationship between Jalen Hurts and new offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, they've literally known each other 20 years. Like, Brian Johnson yeah. knows him all the way back to preschool, so that's mm. not an issue either. I think I'm with you, Swag. They'll figure it out. Philly's new fine. on NFL Live, Philly's here's fine. Justin Fields today on his inability to get the ball downfield on Sunday. Oh, uh, I felt like I was a little bit too conservative at times uh, during the game. So, uh, you know, definitely with, um, you know, guys like DJ and Chase on the outside, if, you know, we do have one-on-one um, <clears throat> -on, -one on the outside, potentially throwing it up and, you know, seeing what happens. So, uh, you know, with them, you know, they're great playmakers and, you know, they can you know, most likely come up with a 50-50 ball. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, want to give them, you know, more chances deep down the field theme going here today where we're like fixing offenses that struggled week one. Um, <laughs> it's a theme at NFL Live. I know. All right, so fix it, Dan. Play faster. Justin's got to play faster. The ball, when defenses are saying we're only giving you completions, take the completion, get it out of your hands. And then I agree, put, play more aggressive, trust your eyes, let it rip. And I think that Justin has these moments when we see it it just has to be consistently enough. It's on Luke Getz, either play caller to build stuff in. And the last thing I'd say, he mentions Chase, correct? Yeah. Uh, Matt Eberflus, their head coach, I'm a big fan of. R Ryan Poles, their general manager, I'm a big fan of. If Chase Claypool plays in week two the way he played in week one, he should never play another down for the Chicago Bears. Mm. Oof. Mm. And why? Just quickly. Everybody else played hard. Eff yeah. Effort. Effort. But him. Effort. Yep. Yeah. Effort. It stood okay. out. I want to hear you say out. that. Yeah, All right, exactly. Bye. All right, hey, coming up, it's Wednesday. You guys know what that means. What up, Wednesday? Wednesday. Uh oh, <laughs> Dan, uh oh. We're going to uh -oh. talk about Tyreek Hill's jaw dropping week one performance. Stay tuned. Don't miss this. We'll be right back. You like that? What up, Wednesday? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We're back on NFL Live and check out the Sunday NFL Countdown crew.
They've got you covered for week two, 10 a.m. Eastern. And the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set for two Monday Night Football matchups this week. It starts at 5 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. New on NFL Live, we've got some news out of Indy. Go ahead, Adam. Well, Laura, we saw on Sunday that rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson did not finish the game due to a bruised knee. Twice he injured the knee during the game, but today when the Colts were on the practice field, Anthony Richardson was out there and he was not listed today on the Colts injury report, which tells you that he is now tracking to be ready for Sunday's game against C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Rookie quarterback versus rookie quarterback on Sunday. That knee injury doesn't appear to be slowing down Anthony Richardson. Good news. Thank you, Adam. We like the good news every once in a while here with all these injuries. All right, new segment alert. We call this one Lost in Translation. We're going to play you some sound for the guys, and then they explain what it actually means. First up, Devontae Adams on Jimmy Garoppolo apologizing for missing him on a pass. Still be saying that, like, I got to stay with you right there. Like, that's that to me, that's like, you know, you arguing with your girl and she says, I'm sorry. Like, you know, all right, let's let's watch a movie now. We're good. We, we don't have I need to act pissed off for the rest of the night and all of that. So, you know, it, it's, it makes it real easy to, to, to grow with somebody and, you know, continue to go and try to win when you got somebody like that. Marcus, translate for us. Hey, man, you don't have to apologize, bro. We're doing a hot, a hard job out here. And Jimmy, I like you, man. So you, you targeted me nine times in this game. I'm sure that number is going to go up. Jacoby Myers had a phenomenal game. We won the game. You don't have to say I'm sorry, man. But you said I'm sorry. We're moving on, and we're going to be better the next week. I actually like this group of uh, skilled players with Jimmy Garoppolo, man. I think the Raiders are going to give people problems. Yeah, the Raiders, sneaky good. Okay, next, Patrick Peterson said he found a tell in Brock Purdy's game. Here's Purdy after the game on if he was thinking about it while burning Peterson. Honestly, at first, no. I, was, I wasn't thinking about any of that. Um, B.A. was open, he did a great job on the route, and um, got him the ball, scored a touchdown. And then the second touchdown on the right side, the, the deep ball, is that on Patrick Peterson? Yeah, and that one, I was like, all right, that, was, that felt good. But uh, it was it was good, man. He's a competitor. I have nothing but respect for Patrick Peterson and, and everything that he does. So. Oh, Hawk, what's he really mean? Yeah, he said I was absolutely thinking about that. <laughs> and I didn't know you were drafted last overall because between the two of us, only one of us was Mr. Irrelevant on Sunday. Ooh. They don't call me Brock Sturdy because I'm weak. Find you somebody else to play with because I quit school because of recess. Let's go. I wish Brock Purdy would have actually said exactly what you said. <laughs> okay, let's go uh, to Aaron Rodgers. With him out for the year with an Achilles tear, questions turn to his future. Here's Dan Marino, who had a similar injury. You know, medically now they're probably a little more advanced uh, yes. as far as dealing with you know Achilles and how to deal with it how to rehab it it's a very tedious rehab from what I remember um, it didn't actually heal all the way it was elongated so I had to deal with not being able to get up on my toe uh, Dan a toe breakdown please if you will y'all give hot hugs Brock Purdy's and I get the toe with Dan Marino <laughs> is it because my toes are disgusting Yep. I think Dan kind of intimated this 25 years ago, so I'm not really concerned about this. Everyone's like, is Aaron going to want to go through the rehab? Yeah, he's going to want to walk again and kind of live a normal life. He's doing rehab whether he's going to play again or not. I think he plays. I think the biggest thing is, like, you never see a basketball shooter unless Marcus Spears, because he's got a broke jump shot. They don't shoot flat-footed. Whoa. Footed, they get up on their toes and shoot you. So I, 
So, uh, I, I don't think the toe is going to be an issue, nor do I think rehab will be an issue for Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe I got this one. I'm glad that you <laughs> kept your shoes on. Uh, by the way, thanks for clearing everything up, guys. Now we are no longer lost in translation. Uh, let's stay in the AFC East with the Patriots, who had an <laughs> performance in Bill O'Brien's return as their offensive coordinator. Mac Jones was nearly perfect in the second quarter when he posted a 97 QBR and threw two touchdowns. However, in the other three quarters combined, Jones and the Pats' offense scored a total of six points. And another test coming up this week as they face Vic Fangio and the Dolphins' defense. Here's Bill Belichick and Mac Jones on the challenge. Yeah, I think Vic's one of the best you know, defensive coaches in the league. So he has his, you know, style and his, um, his defense philosophy and system. And, you know, he had a lot of success with it. I mean, he does a good job of playing his calls, but he definitely has some adjustments um, depending on players and things like that. So uh, really for us, we have our core plays and executing better at a more or higher rate, I guess, is what we're focused on. still talking. All right, uh, Marcus. You just never know with Mac. <laughs> no. Oh, Mac. Uh, what did you like, Marcus, for the Patriots offense week one? Oh, no. <laughs> ah, are we snoring? Don't make fun of the man. No. That's Go ahead. Bill Belichick. Listen, <laughs> oh, oh. I, you know what I like? You know what I like? I like last year that Mac Jones was pissed off about not being able to push the ball down the field. And when New England needed to make offensive plays, um, Brian, I mean, he, he was he was given that authority. And he hit the seams. The pass uh, to uh, Hunter Henry for the yeah. first touchdown, I don't know what that route was. That spacing was horrible. Was um, but still, he had the confidence to push the ball down the field in critical situations and the trust that I think that they built um, during that time to try to come back and full confidence in Mac Jones. I like the fact that Mac Jones was aggressive downfield. They were able to get it off some play action with some nice runs that they had prior to. He used his legs. He stepped up and escaped in the pocket. He saw things down the field, and he got to that quick decision-making that we all really mm -hmm. lauded Mac Jones for early when he first started starting as a um, rookie. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of excited about what Bill O'Brien may do with Mac Jones when it comes to the type of quarterback that he is. I'm, 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 I'm just waiting for you to get be able to speak properly. Um, oh, come on. Mm. Marcus, he was confident because of Bill O'Brien and the bunch concept that Bill O'Brien built in. You talk about the trust and the you know, the confidence to throw the football downfield. Bill O'Brien did a really good job of building these bunch concepts. I call them set and attack. So Hunter Henry or Mike Kosicki of the tight end is outside, Juju's inside. Now he moves Juju outside. It changes everybody on the defense responsibility. Now watch out Juju allows those two guys to go first. It kind of gets underneath them to force the pick to Darius Slay. That's third and ten that becomes 15 yards. This is another one that's really well done. This is the young receiver, Douglas. He's the number three on the outside. Kosicki's on the inside. Now see how he stems down inside? Slay, the nickel, they're trying to figure out who's going outside, who's going inside, and passing things off. Slay ends up taking the guy going inside, and the nickel defender gets caught trying to kind of follow that and leave that corner and or out route wide open. So I like the fact that Bill O'Brien found something early on in that game in the bunch concepts. The Philadelphia Eagle defense struggled with it, and the way that he would set the bunch and attack the defense, and that's, to Marcus's point, I think one of the reasons why Mac was a little bit more confident because hmm. he finally had that play caller back that you were yep. believing he'll get guys open for me. Yeah. Absolutely. I was encouraged because the Patriots offense started slow, but as the game went on, they improved. And yeah. at the beginning, it looked like more of the same where you can continue to help 
Mac Jones is with the playmakers, which is what happened in the game. You highlighted Demario Douglas, who made some really great plays, and I expect his play, uh, his, his play count to increase in yeah. the slot. But even the tight end, Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, when they needed plays, when they needed man beaters, guys to get open where it wasn't a zone and you were just shallow crossing, those guys stepped up big and they helped Mac Jones out a lot, which is why the numbers increased and they got closer as the game went can on. I, can I ask you something real quick? Mm -hmm. I actually think the game comes down to the two plays on the sideline that I think it's uh, Boutte doesn't get his feet down. Yep. One yeah, on the back shoulder fade and one on the out route. How do you get a young player to do that better at the NFL level? You you rep the heck out of that. Like, yeah. you have to rep it because there's no way else to simulate it because the game is moving so fast, and you don't realize in those moments how important it is. And they say it's a game of inches, and it's cliche, but like you said, yeah. if they make those two plays, and it's put as an inch win the game. inside, they got a chance to uh, you yeah. win the football game yeah. against one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah. Man, I, you got to think after something like that that Kayshawn Boutte is like, all right, I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. But you hate to learn it live uh, in an actual game. All right, we've got more coming your way. And we told you about this earlier. Why not Wednesday? It's for real. It's now coming after this commercial break. So don't go anywhere because these two are about to go nuts over there. <laughs> don't miss it. On and dance. You are watching NFL Live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I can't wait till this thing kicks off because we are coming. The hype is all around Dion's team. Wednesday today, Tyree Hill put on a show. Did you see that? Week one, racking up 215 receiving yards. The game-winning touchdown in the Dolphins' thrilling win over the Chargers. That's the third most receiving yards in a season opener in NFL history and the most since Anquan Bolden back in 2003. Dan and Hawk, take it away. Laura, yesterday I did the breakdown of Tyree Hill and talking about Miami's offense. Can't play man because of Tyree's speed. Can't play zone because of Tua's eyes. 
And this was the play that stood out. And Hawk was like, well, you got to understand that Tyreek is more than just a speed guy. And I really wanted to break down not just this pass concept, but the route itself. I'm going to freeze it there. This route that Tyreek runs is what's known as the dig route. It's the deep in route. You tell us everything that matters the most, Hawk, when it comes to running that route. There's so much. And to say Tyreek Hill is only effective because of his speed and quickness is actually disrespectful. And here's why. You send a outside motion, quick motion right before the snap. Anytime you do that, the DB has certain rules that he has to abide by. We all do. Dan, what does red light mean? Red line means I want to throw the ball down the red line on the go route. You want to stop it down the red line. So he's got the leverage here. Whenever a receiver releases outside for leverage, he's thinking two things. Red line, go ball, or out route. But Tyreek goes out to go in, which breaks the rules of DBs in their mind. So now that he has leverage on the outside, he puts Stacey Jackson in chase mode, and then he crosses over while JC is in full speed. Now, what JC can't do that Tyreek Hill can right. is he changes directions at a faster rate than everybody else. But it doesn't stop there. Now, what you're also taught to dig is when you have that angle, you're supposed to come back to a QB-friendly angle. Why is that, Dan? Because then you protect the ball from someone undercutting the throw. That's what you're usually taught. More rule-breaking from Tyreek Hill. He actually does the opposite. It might be Daniel Coaches this way. He drifts upfield because that's a yak angle. When you have Waddle, when you have Barrios, when you have Tyreek, you understand that the route isn't the goal. Big plays are. So he takes a yak angle to get himself up the field, and everything after that is what Tyreek Hill is born with. Oh, God, I got this. So I want to work backwards here. Yeah, So you're it. telling me that Tyreek actually drifts upfield on purpose because it's going to end up equaling more yards. My question is this. What happens if this corner's on his back hip? Does he ever think that way? He's like, I'm going to win no matter what, or that safety starts to drop. Well, that's what people need to understand. This isn't just, just a go out there and do it. This is a decision that Tyreek Hill has to understand. If JC is on his hips like that, then he is going to come back. But at this, this juncture, when JC is running full speed one direction, right. he understands he has a beat. And right. at that stage, take a yak angle. Drift up the field because it puts you in better direction towards the end zone. And so this, the motion that starts inside and then goes outside, the whole concept or the whole point of it with this dig concept mm -hmm. is to get this defensive back to run. And you kind of pointed out two things. To run and think, hey, we're taking our shot down the field yep. or that we're going to run kind of a stem out route and that's trying to get that guy to run vertically. When does... Tyreek, no, I got to break in. Because I've always been taught the in route is 18 yep. to 22 yards, throwing four yards inside the numbers. When when does he know time to get inside? This is why he's such a smart football player, because he's not robotic. Rewind it for me to the beginning. Yeah. When he's coming out of this motion, this, watch this JC. He's going to pepper his feet in preparation for the out route. Once JC runs not an out route, he's in a full sprint. And when Tyreek sees him in a full sprint, he knows he has him. I can change direction with a one cut, and there's no way this DB can be right. So you're telling me he's reading the defender when to get really inside rather than the exact landmark. So he's more of a guidelines guy than a certain rules guy. Absolutely, and that's what best football players do. Don't do what's on the paper. Do what you know. Follow your instincts. Understand the knowledge of the game and how it cannot be defended if you do it the right way. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I have... I haven't heard like three or four of those things before in my life. That Let's was get dope. it. That was tough. Wide out Wednesday. Yay, yay. That was yes. Tough. I love that it. Was Wait, really we're, good. Now, we're gonna go right back to this. A little bit more of this. <laughs> Hawk, let's look ahead to week two. Which wide receiver DB matchup are you watching closely? I am looking for Darius Slay versus Justin Jefferson. Oh, oh. A year ago, these two matched up and Darius Slay got the better of him in a big way. He had two interceptions, but honestly, if you look at the film, it could have been five. So Justin Jefferson is ready for the 
rematch and how Darius Slate was so effective, he didn't respect him deep. So if, I, if you ask me who's going to get the better of the two this week, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson because what I suspect is that the Vikings are going to look at that film and say he was peppering his feet, he was taking chances on under routes. We're going up top and give Justin Jefferson mm. the chance to win big. Their offensive line is going to have to hold up to do that. I don't disagree. Darius Slay made some plays last week in the, in the New England game that were spectacular. Oh. Hawk, you know what I really want to get into a little bit tomorrow? I, If I was Minnesota, I would put him a lot in the slot this week just because I have the addition of Addison mm -hmm. who can kind of play on the outside. And let's see if Philadelphia is going to potentially travel Darius on the inside and create a little bit more room for Justin. They, and they did a year ago. He didn't right. follow him. When he was in the slot, he was matched up on others. And every time Darius wasn't on Justin Jefferson, he, he won. Right? And so to your point with Addison, now you have the ability to play around a little bit with the formations and really get the best of them. Yeah, guys, in their matchup last season, Slay held Jefferson to just one catch on five targets, and Slay also intercepted two of those passes. By the way, oh. why not Wednesday? Happening every Wednesday, because we I got Hawk it. here now, so can't wait for more of that. New on NFL Live, Tua Vailoa was asked today what he has to say to those who say he still can't throw deep. Listen. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. <laughs> 466 is, that's what 466 is if I can't throw deep. Thanks. Oh, I love it. This swag. I mean, this guy, you said it on Monday. He's got some dog. In I him. love it. I love it. I'm, <laughs> I, he finally coming out of his shell, man. Drop the Russell Wilson tour. Be hell on wheels, man. When you ball out, tell everybody, okay? Have confidence in what you're doing. The rest of your team do. Tyreek Hill definitely does after coming off wide out Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Tua be the guy that is going to go out and try to destroy people. I keep telling you, Dan has told you, everybody has told you, the superpower is his accuracy, his ability to put the ball wherever it needs to be. And he got two dudes where he can put the ball three yards at the line of scrimmage and they will take it 90. Tua, flex your muscle, dog. Ooh. Keep pushing, keep having that confidence, <laughs> and you don't need to be politically correct. When somebody tell you bad things, tell Marcus them to hell it. with them. Said, I love it, said, man. Y'all know that's me. That's me, it. man. He said that 466, that's He's not so going excited. deep. What is that? Okay. Uh, uh, I love it. He's so excited. Wait, wait. Huh, great job. Thank you. That great stuff. Dan, you were okay. By the way, Mark, does that kind of look good on you today? What, the moss? That green you, man. looks good on him, man. Susan's going to kill us. All right, coming up next, despite the win on Sunday, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens struggle at times, especially in the passing game. Watch Dan dissect just what went wrong for the Ravens. How they can fix it ASAP. Don't stop the rock like TikTok. Don't stop the clock to break the door till the early morning. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. NFL Live is presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Hey, the Aaron Rodgers-less Jets head to Dallas to face the Cowboys Sunday. We have it covered on both sides. Ed Werder and Kimberly Martin are with the teams today. The New York Jets have been riding an emotional roller coaster since Monday night. 
But with the short week and a showdown with the Dallas Cowboys only four days away, players said their objective hasn't changed, even without their Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers. This is now Zach Wilson's team. And as running back Dalvin Cook put it, they're ready to rock out on Sunday with the former number two overall pick. On Wednesday, players highlighted a renewed confidence in Wilson and they praised his focus approach as Rogers' understudy. Center Connor McGovern pointed out that Wilson lost his swagger over the course of his time here, but now it's back and better than ever. Meanwhile, tight end Tyler Conklin said, quote, all the opportunity that he had going into last year and that excitement, he gets that opportunity again. He's in such a good spot and I'm excited to see what he does with it. Now, here's Ed Werder with a report on the Cowboys. Yeah, Kimberly, although the matchup's been hyped since Aaron Rodgers was traded to the Jets and the schedule listed him as the opponent in the Cowboys' home opener, the Cowboys should not be disappointed in the least that Rodgers won't play for the Jets on Sunday. He has an 8-2 career record as a starter against Dallas and has never lost at AT&T Stadium. Rodgers beat the Cowboys at Lambeau Field just last season and his 19-2 touchdown to interception ratio is the best by any opponent against Dallas in history. Instead, the Cowboys get a mobile but young quarterback and backup Zach Wilson, who confronts a Cowboys defense that leads the NFL in sacks and takeaways since they hired Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator and drafted Micah Parsons. Cowboys coming off a game where they accumulated seven sacks, created three takeaways, and scored a defensive touchdown. And, well, Laura, the Jets ranked last in pass block win rate, so McCarthy can reasonably hope to see a similar performance on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think that's probably where we're going to see, Ed. Thanks to Ed and Kimberly. Uh, time for some more top stories with Adam Schefter. Let's start with the latest, Adam, on Travis Kelsey. Well, Laura, an encouraging sign for the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey was back at practice today, spotted running, jumping, making plays, exactly what the Chiefs wanted to see and hear. It looks like he's tracking to be able to play Sunday at Jacksonville against the Jaguars in a game that the Kansas City Chiefs really would like to have. The news not so encouraging with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones did not practice today due to a hamstring injury, putting his status for Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons into question. As if that weren't enough, Christian Watson also did not practice today due to a hamstring injury. It looks like the Packers could be without Jones. We'll see about Watson as well, but they need some help. And then the Baltimore Ravens are missing a slew of players going into Sunday's game. Mark Andrews, the tight end, who missed last week's game, was back at practice today, is on track to play Sunday. But look at all the other players they're missing, including a couple of offensive linemen, Ronnie Stanley, the center Tyler Linderbaum. So they're missing some key players here as they get ready for Sunday's game. And they've got a lot of players here who did not practice today. And we should also point out, of course, J.K. Dobbins already is out for the season. Ugh. I mean, it just feels like every year we got stories about the Ravens injuries. Thanks, Adam. They won the game comfortably, but Lamar Jackson and the new-look Ravens offense got off to a bit of a slow start. Jackson was sacked four times, turned the ball over twice, throwing a red zone interception and losing a fumble. As a result, he posted the third lowest QBR in any game of his career. We were all excited about Todd Munkin and this new offense. Dan, what did you see out of Lamar and the Ravens offense on Sunday? Lamar has got to get back to and to the point where he's trusting the timing of an offense. Mm -hmm. Early on in that football game, his feet weren't married to things. So the bottom of the screen, he's looking down towards the tight end and the out route. But they're not even ready to get into their route concepts. So he goes back side, that front side, and now those guys are available, but he wasn't even remotely close timed up with it when it comes to that. 
And this is called slant spot swing screen. It's from San Francisco. Motion goes, the defender follows, it's man coverage. The only place to throw this ball is the slant who Odell wins. Look at his feet, guys. He's still getting into the second step of his drop. He's not ready to throw that slant. That play stinks versus man coverage unless you throw the slant and he runs around and throws the football away. So I, I think it's one of those things where as the game got going on and he gets this bunch concept, Zay Flowers gets the shallow cross in return, the, the, the drop has got to be one, two, three, ball out. And he does it there. And look what happens when the, the timing of the pass game, certainly underneath, was a little bit more married. The second half was a lot better than the first half. Mm -hmm. I just think it's going to, like, people with the question was, is it going to work? He's got to get back to trusting, mm -hmm. trusting the timing of yep. a pass game when it comes to how important his feet are. And Hawk knows this mm -hmm. with the, the pass concept and or the route. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. I know I'm supposed to say nothing, but I don't give a damn. Dan, <laughs> how long do you think this is going to take, bro? Like, yeah. we in the regular season. How yeah. long do you think before that can come to fruition? Marcus, I think it's going to take probably four to six weeks of Ooh. really feeling really good about it. Because until, like, that, the, the first clip, Marcus, he's got to have a little bit slower feet to kind of marry that pass concept. The ball would come out because he's looking the right way. The slant to Odell... He's getting that versus press man. He's got to know that the ball, when Odell wins, oh, Odell, I thought you were going to take a little longer and maybe wide enough. Mm. You win now. He's got to get and have the ball ready to come out of his hands now. I just think he's got to get in game reps with that. Remember, no preseason. Ace. Better in the second just, half. Really fast, Marcus, just, uh, oh, just so ahead, that you can ahead. think about this. We're talking four to six weeks. I, I'm looking at their schedule. So they have the Bengals this week yeah. in Cincinnati. Then the Colts, then the Browns, and the Steelers. You'll see a lot of man coverage. Titans after mm. that. Go yeah. ahead, Swag. Well, fortunately, he has a superpower in his legs yeah. so he can get by with it. Here's here's the thing for me when it comes to Lamar, the, the, the total difference from what he was doing offensively. And we talked about that no with doubt. Todd Munkin. And, and this is the answer. I wonder if it's any recall from his time at Louisville that he can kind of lean back into when he had Petrino and be in this system and get back to that timing. But right now, you saw him struggle with pressure. The one thing mm -hmm. that concerns me, Dan, is we saw him struggle with pressure in Roman's offense as well at times. So I just want to see how long, how, how long that's going to take. There's so much timing that needs to be fixed with the offense, and there's kind of a cause and effect because there was a lot of times there were pressure that didn't turn into sacks because he's Lamar Jackson, <laughs> that it had his eyes more on the defensive lineman down the field and, totally. and messing up the timing and on the receivers on the outside. They got to play with a sense of urgency. I think Zay Flowers looked great in his debut. I think he should actually be a bigger part of the offense. Agreed. But for Odell and Bateman, you know, Odell's a veteran, and he played good and graded out great, too. But when I watch them in the Miami Dolphins, and it's not just about pure speed. There's a sense of urgency yeah. that the Dolphins receivers have that the Ravens didn't, and you need that so Lamar like knows what's predictable. Dancing, right? Less yes. dancing get in the routes. It. Get to your go, route. And, go. and again, that – it's going to take time for Lamar to see it the same way, for those guys to see it the same way, and then kind of do it together. Absolutely. Yeah, Cincinnati, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Ravens uh, on Sunday. All right, time for one more thing before we go. The Ravens' opponent, Joe Burrow. Let's hear from him again. For all the kids out there that want to get a Joe Burrow haircut, there's a bunch of them, uh, help their parents out. What is, what is a Joe Burrow haircut? <laughs> You're looking at it. I don't even know what to tell people. They just make it happen. <laughs> How do you know it's time to get a haircut? Um, when you have a game like that on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>
tits? What's the Joe Burrow haircut? I have no idea what white guy haircuts are called. <laughs> oh, I'll be honest with you, it's a different world. Is it that? Hey man, give me like a, a number two. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Super a number cut? two. <laughs> is that a super? <laughs> cut? Uh, yep, you're probably right. <laughs> they don't get paid. <laughs>